as we go throughout the show today. But I'm very excited to welcome our next guest on the phone line, our first guest of the show, our only guest of the show today, Jeremy Geller from Trap and Geller. Jeremy, how you doing today? I'm doing well, John. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, I uh, before we talk about workplace injuries, I want to say, I, I think it was our last conversation we had here in the studio about what to do after a car accident. And I tell you what, I have been repeating that information you've told me to so many people because the idea of like not talking too much about what you may have done or don't admit any culpability because I think we have this Midwestern sensibility about us that we want to say I'm sorry it was my fault but uh, I, I don't think we quite realize that all of those things that we say can be used against us so thanks for that advice again Jeremy glad to help and uh, thanks for having me back oh. yeah for sure. Appreciate it. Let's talk about uh, workplace injuries. Obviously, we hope that no one has to deal with this, but a lot of people do, right, Jeremy? I mean, whether it's a minor thing or a major thing, workplace injuries are something that occur. Workplace injuries happen all the time, okay? Whether it's your fault, somebody else's fault, uh, people happen to get injured on the job on a day-to-day basis. So there are ways to protect yourself and things that you should and should not do after you get hurt. I do have a question. You just mentioned that whether it's your fault or not, does that, as you go through maybe getting compensation for those sorts of things, uh, whether it's within work or outside and into the, into the civil litigation world, does fault matter if it's something that happens at the workplace or does it depend? In a, in a worker's comp case, it does not typically depend. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no fault worker's comp insurance. Okay. In a third-party case, a uh, negligence case where you're suing somebody else, your fault definitely depends, and that's what's called comparative fault or contributory fault. So it just depends on which uh, avenue it, it's being litigated. If you're on the job and you get hurt, it doesn't matter if it's your fault. Okay. okay? If, you are, if you're in the course of your employment and you get hurt, you are entitled to workers' compensation benefits. If you are on the job and you get hurt and you are looking to sue somebody else, for what happened aside from your employer, then your fault does matter. Okay. That's good to know because I think a lot of people, they do something at work that was, uh, you know, maybe they, they weren't following all the instructions, they get hurt. They don't say anything because they're afraid either to admit it or they're afraid that, that nothing's going to happen uh, in terms of getting compensation. Do you hear from people like that? Absolutely. You know, people are nervous sometimes thinking that they made an error, but it's the nature of the employment that increased the likelihood that you get hurt. And that is why there is workers' compensation, okay? There are inherent risks to certain jobs. And even if you made a mistake, you weren't looking the right way, okay? You are still entitled to benefits by nature of your employment. Now, when something happens, I feel like a lot of times... Uh, and I'm just trying to, because here at WGN, I don't get in many or, uh, workplace injuries, I will say. I have a very, fairly cushy job here. Maybe my ergonomic chair cuts, could be maybe. a little bit. Yeah, a couple paper cuts, maybe. And even then, I don't even use paper that much anymore. Uh, but there are people that maybe feel something and they say, eh, it's not that bad. It's going to be okay. And they try and either power through it and assume that it's not going to you know, end up being a, a big injury. That, that's not the right approach to take, right, Jeremy? If something happens, even if you have any doubt, check it out, right? That is the most common problem that people create for themselves, is that there is a, uh, a pulled back, a strained knee, okay? You feel a little tweak in your shoulder or something, and you think, all right, I'm going to be okay. Let me take a break for a minute. Okay, you don't report it to anybody. You don't want to make a big hubbub about it, okay? And then you continue working, and it gets worse. Okay, the most important thing to do is when there's a problem, 
regardless of how severe or not severe it is, is to report it to your employer. Mm-hmm. And what form is that? Is that HR or a boss or who is legally, uh, who you legally obligated to talk to? Yeah, it, it it doesn't matter. Okay, okay? if you got if you're a, a laborer on a construction site, you want to tell your foreman. Okay, if it's on a, a warehouse, you want to tell your supervisor. If you're a, a driver, you want to call dispatch. Okay, you just need to report it to your supervisor either orally by calling them or written, whether it's a text, whether it's an email. Um, you always want to document, hey, this just happened. I am now feeling this just so that it's documented and it protects you in case something happens or it gets worse. So I know you said they're verbally or write it down, but you, I, it seems to see that you're leaning towards, even if you say something, be like, hey, I'm going to follow up with a real quick email just so we have some documentation of this. I, I would always do it in writing if possible. A short, uh, direct to the point, hey, I was on the job. This is what happened. I'm feeling pain here. Um, just so that it's documented, they can't say that you didn't say it. Okay, uh, workers' comp, you have a, a, an obligation to report injuries, uh, in most cases, within 45 days. Um, so uh, you want to document it so that there is no argument on that giving notice. And then that 45-day thing, when we go back to what we were talking about, a, a nagging injury that maybe lingers, it, it, let's say it lingers for three or four months, and then you want to report it, is it from the moment the pain started or where the incident happened? Is that what that 45-day window entails? Uh, again, the, the, that's where the law comes in, but eliminate the issue. Report it right away, uh, and you, that that prong of workers' comp is covered. Okay, If there's any little thing, it's just best to give notice so that people are aware of it and you are protected. Is workers' compensation handled within a company, meaning that they have their own policy for how much you might get, how much time off you may get, or is it a state or federal regulation of what the what the minimum standards are? What do we look at for workers' compensation? Well, workers' comp itself is is provided by an insurance company um, for the employer. Okay, the workers' compensation act is uh, a legislatively made act okay that's governed by uh, you know the the, the legislature mm-hmm. uh, and it dictates the, the laws and the benefits that are available but typically if somebody is injured on the job the person they are against or the person they are trying to get money from is their employer's insurance company mm-hmm. and i think that's an important note too i think people sometimes l- are loyal to their company and they feel like hey, this little thing is nagging. I'm going to end up costing my company. I'm going to send them in the hole. No, it's the insurance that's going to pay for this anyways, right? It is. It is. All employers are required to have workers' comp insurance. It's actually a felony if you do not. Um, So for, for all of the companies that people are working at, they have to have this coverage, and this coverage exists just to provide it in case somebody gets hurt. So it's no, it's no detriment to the employer. Um, and it's a benefit that you've been paying for and that you've been participating in uh, throughout your employment, so you're entitled to get it. 847 wants to know, what about if it's something that happens over time, like a repetitive-type injury? Great question. Yeah, there, there are repetitive-type injuries, you know, uh, um, like a carpal tunnel thing, okay? So a lot of people maybe who uh, do typing or uh, sledgehammers or repetitive-type motions, uh, and those injuries also um, are compensable. Um, sometimes those are a little bit more difficult to prove Mm -hmm. and the timing of that is a little different. Um, Sometimes you have something you're not really sure that it, that it was from your employment. 
Um, and it's really uh, the time period for that is when you knew or should have known that it arose from the repetitive nature of your injury or the repetitive nature of your employment. 312-981-7200 if you got any questions. Love to get some answers on some of your questions as well. And that was a great one from the 847. At what point do you go to a doctor? I mean, is that, I mean, after you document it, and if it, obviously it depends on what the injury is, of course. But should you, regardless, even if it is a little pain, all right, I've documented it with the foreman, with the boss. Now I need to get a medical professional to, to look at this. And there are a variety of things that you want to do when an accident happens. Okay, first and foremost, if possible, you would like to take pictures of the area. If it's a hole that you happen to trip in on the job site, take a picture. If it's a broken sidewalk, take a picture. If you're in a car accident, try and document the damage, the area, the scene of the accident. A lot of people trip and slip on some sort of a wet spot uh, on a job site or at a department store or something. Those are all things that if you can document, they become very helpful later on. For sure. Um, you want to you want to get the names of any witnesses, okay? any co-workers that are there, any of the other uh, innocent bystanders. It's a very common thing where somebody gets the name of somebody and then they come to me and I'm able to call that witness later on. And people have this inherent desire to want to help. Um, and, you know, somebody sees something that's wrong and you ask them about it. They have no problem saying what happened. Okay, so those are things that you want to do. For sure. Um, and, and then if your problem is something that requires medical treatment, you definitely don't want to delay. Um, it's important to get medical treatment right away. It's important to explain to your doctor that this was a work-related injury. And it's important to give a little, a little direct uh, synopsis of how the accident happened right? so that it, it's documented in the records. Well, we're getting a lot of great texts and questions and calls. Jane, I want you to hang on the line, okay? we got to take a news break. Jeremy, we'll chat more on the other side of it, okay? Thanks, John. Traplaw.com, T-R-A-P-P law.com uh, to reach Jeremy and all the great folks over at Trap and Geller. Time for the news here on WGN. Let's get legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. John Hansen here, as you heard there, will take you till 2 o'clock today instead of 3 o'clock. We're talking about workplace injuries, workplace comp. We got Jeremy Geller from Trap and Geller on the line. And uh, Jeremy, how do you prefer people reach out to you? Traplaw.com, is that the best place to start? traplaw.com you can email me at jeremy at traplaw.com i'm always available okay that's good to know um we got a couple questions on the text line and then we'll get to jane on the phone uh if you reported a repetitive injury but then left the job for another how does that work can you still get workers comp from a previous job Uh, you can it's where the injury occurs is where the comp case would be filed against that employer okay does an employer's premium go up when they have a claim against their workers' compensation? Depending on the insurance company, that's a possibility, depending on the type of, of policy they have. I wouldn't let that factor into anyone's decision, though. That's not really uh, your not. call. Yeah. Okay. You, you, that, that shouldn't be something that goes into consideration of whether or not you file a workers' comp claim. Right. If you're hurt, you're hurt. Like, and I, I, I love employer loyalty more than anything, right? Uh, but if you are hurt on your job, you deserve your compensation. All right, let's go to Jane here. Hey, Jane, you're on WGN. Hi, how are you? Good. What's your question today? Well, my husband was injured on the job. He did report it. He's going through therapy, work comp is covering it. But there's a possibility that 
he may not ever completely recover from this injury. Oh. Is there, I mean, it's not a severe injury, but there's a possibility he may not completely heal from it. Uh-huh. Is there a, a compensation for that, or is it just the work comp paying the bills, and that's it? Uh, what do you think, Jeremy? Uh, yes, uh, there is definitely compensation for that. There are three main benefits to workers' comp. Okay, the first benefit is that when your husband is unable to work, okay, he gets well. He is working. Okay, well, if he if he wasn't able to work, okay, for an extended period of time, he gets TTD, which is temporary total disability. Okay, you are temporarily totally disabled with respect to your ability to work. When that happens, you get sixty six percent of your average weekly wage. Okay, when people say, "Oh, I'm getting my check." That's the check that they're talking about, okay? The second benefit is that workers' comp needs to pay all of his medical expenses, okay? Sometimes there's a dispute whether or not it's related or whether they think the treatment is necessary, and we sometimes go to court over those types of issues. But that's the second benefit is the medical expenses. The third benefit, okay, which is what you're asking about, is that when all of the medical treatment is done, Okay, and the doctors say that he has reached MMI, maximum medical improvement, meaning that in their opinion, there's no other treatment that they can do, and that whatever your husband is at at that point in time, okay, he is entitled to a lump sum settlement for his PPD, his permanent partial disability. Okay, and that is where a lawyer comes in and tries to help maximize that recovery for you. Does that make sense, Jane? Yes, it does. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. You laid that out well, Jeremy. It's like you know what you're talking about. I do my best. (laughs) 312-981-7200. This from the 708. If you're a contracted employee or not an employee, you're a contractor, are, are you entitled to any workers' compensation? You know, technically, if you're an independent contractor, okay, you do not get workers' comp. Some people can get comp for themselves through a for their own employment, okay? But if you are a independent contractor and you get hurt on the job, your case would not be as an employee, but your case would be a third-party case against that contractor where you got hurt, okay? So many people hold themselves out as independent contractors, 1099 employees, Mm -hmm. and they do work for, you know, a construction site or somebody's home or whatever it is. Um, and they are not given workers' comp, but something happens, some condition on the premises, some condition of the job site causes an injury to them. Okay, rather than have workers' comp, they can sue that person, that entity, that other company in a third-party case, a negligence case. Okay, and that's one of the ones, as we talked about at the beginning, where fault would play a role in that case. Correct. Uh, correct. Th- those third-party cases, okay, offer different benefits mm-hmm. than workers' comp. In third-party cases, okay, you get money or you can claim money for pain and suffering. You do not get money for your pain and suffering, for your uh, the aggravation of the process, if you will, in workers' comp. But in a third-party case, okay, you can get money through for. Uh, for your pain and suffering. And workers' comp cases can then can also elevate to third-party cases. True or no? Is it one way or the other? Uh, uh, in Illinois, if you are suing, if you are making a claim against your employer, it is called the exclusive remedy. Okay, You cannot sue your employer in a third party. Okay. 
Okay. You can only have a workers' comp case. Okay. But if you are on the job, okay, and you get injured on the job, you have a workers' comp case. But if there is some other entity that may also be responsible, you can have a companion third-party case. Okay. The classic example is a delivery driver, a guy who is delivering for UPS. He gets rear-ended by a truck. Okay. He's on the job for UPS, so he has all the benefits that we just talked about. Then he can have a case against the truck. Right. Okay, separate and distinct from workers' comp, and the two go hand in hand. I actually think we might have an example of this. I could be wrong. Online four. Hey, Scott, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you today? Good. What's your question? So my question is, let's say I work for a company that has customers, Walmart, work on the metro train, so-and-so, and let's say I get hurt by an angry customer. What liability is my, does my company have for that? Oh, that's a great question. Jeremy? Your company, if you're on the job when you get hurt, has workers' comp. Okay, That would be the benefit that they provide to you. The third-party element there would be trying to go against the angry customer, Okay, which is uh-huh. candidly a very difficult thing. Sometimes the uh, customer's homeowner's policy might provide coverage against them, mm-hmm. um, but it's sometimes uh, difficult that, in that concept to go after somebody individually. So uh, that just posed another question to me. So would my uh, employer provide me with a lawyer in that situation, or would that be something I'd have to do on my own? Uh, your employer typically would not provide you with a lawyer to go after them or somebody else. No, you'd want gotcha. to consult uh, you know, on your own independent. Gotcha, gotcha. Great questions, Scott. Yeah, great questions. 312-981-7200 if you've got them. Uh, and 630 wanted to ask, does workers' comp ever cover mental stress as it relates to the job? Or is that what you're talking about with that third party? They're able to work that in. You know, it depends on the circumstances. If you're claiming that just the, the general nature of your job causes you stress, no. Um, but if there is some specific element of your job that increases the likelihood that you will experience stress or experience depression. Um, uh, again, uh, a dip more difficult claim to, to make, um, but can be proven All right. depending on how things are phrased in the, uh, the medical records or what the records say uh, and the, the conditions of your job. All right. Jeremy Geller, can you hang on a little bit longer for us? Sure. All right, that's yeah. great. I'm going to put you on hold right now. 312-981-7200 is our phone number if you've got any questions. Traplaw.com. That's T-R-A-P-P, an extra P in there. Uh, traplaw.com. Best place to start uh, information and uh, get Jeremy on your side. Talking about workplace injuries on Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association. Jeremy, you ready for a couple more questions? Absolutely, John. All right. Let's go to Terry first. Hey, Terry. Hi. Hey, Jeremy, I got a question for you. Uh, About four years ago, I hurt my back. I was working as a nurse at a hospital, and I injured my back lifting a patient. And uh, it was was pretty bad. The next morning, I could not get out of bed. So I called in and said, I can't come to work. My back's injured. And they said, well, if you can't come, you're fired. Whoa. And uh, Yeah, I know. I know it was that quick. Well, he apparently talked to HR and reconsidered two (laughs) days later. Uh, so anyway, I ended up getting an attorney and I got a bad one. He wouldn't communicate with me at one point after four months of no calls and nothing. I just called him and said, Hey, look, if you don't want the case, you know, I'll move on. 
And he says, no, I got the case now, and you can't do anything about it. Whoa. If you move on, I'm still going to take you know my money out of you. And I was like, and he just kept threatening. He was just a bad lawyer. But uh, in the end, after 10 months or so, he called me and said, there's a check coming to you for 10 grand. And I said, well, what happened? And he said, there's a check coming to you for 10 grand. I said, did, was this a lawsuit, a settlement? What happened? How much total did uh, we get or what happened? And he just said, there's a check coming to you for 10 grand. And you never found out and what it was been, for. I never found out. Did he get 40 grand and keep 30 himself? Whoa, that's strange. I have no way of checking. He yeah. won't tell me anything. Jeremy, <laughs> sounds like you know, a malpractice lawsuit against a lawyer. What, Jeremy? That's, a, that's an odd one. Yeah, that's a, uh, an unfortunate situation. Everything about that is incorrect and unprofessional. Um, you know, your case is your case. Okay, you dictate how the case goes. You dictate if the case settles. Obviously, your attorney should guide you and explain things along the way. Um, but reality is, is that to settle a workers' comp case, there needs to be a contract uh, approved by the, the commission, by the judge or the arbitrator that you as the employee need to sign off on. Um, and it explains the total settlement. It explains the attorney's fees. It explains if there's any other cost. And then it explains to the penny how much you're supposed to get. So all of the things that you experienced uh, are not by the book, and I'm sorry that it happened. Uh, wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen at Trap and Geller. I'll tell you that much. That that is true. It would not happen with me. What's my correct. What's my course of action then? Does he have any, Jeremy? Minimal practice. Uh, there are a variety of courses of action to that. Um, if you don't, I, yeah, I would, if you don't wanna... uh, I would certainly call that attorney and try and get a better explanation. Uh, and then, you know, maybe consult with another attorney about what your options are there. Yeah. Thanks, Terry. Okay. I'm sorry that happened to Thank you. you. And Jeremy, thanks for answering. No. I, know, I don't want to put you on the spot too much. We can always, uh, you can always follow up with me later, Jeremy. I can get the information to Terry, too. Uh, one more call. Let's go to Elliot. Elliot, we got about a minute here, so let's uh, get that question for him. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, we had an incident. We live in a condominium. Uh, there was uh, some gas exposure. Some people were overcome. The fire department responded. The police department responded. Uh, some of the first responders had to get checked out. Uh, about a year later, were hit, along with the company that did some work on the heater for the pool, were hit with a, with a lawsuit. Uh, the insurance company that covered the first responders is trying to go after the... Uh, uh, the, the homeowners association? Uh, yeah, the homeowners association. Is, is that a common uh, practice? Interesting. Jeremy, you hear that before? Yeah. That is what we were talking about earlier about that third-party case. Okay, the, the first responders injured on the job, you know, there's different types of uh, workers' comp rules for, for police officers and, and firemen. But if they are injured on the job as a result of maybe the condo association's negligence in the way that they maintained uh, the, the heaters or whatever was producing the gas, that is where that case comes in. And sometimes uh, the workers' comp carrier uh, tries to get their money back from some third-party entity. Ah. So it could be that it's workers' comp. It could be that there's an attorney representing those people making that third-party negligence claim the same way. And are they trying to pass that cost on to you then, Elliot, to, to fight it? it absolutely. Uh, yeah. The company that did the faulty work, they had to come up with some money. We had to come up with six thousand dollars, but I spent thirty. I spent thirty-one years as a policeman myself. I never heard of such a thing 
where you're responding to a legitimate call to pay taxes there, and subsequently now the insurance company that carries the the workman's camp wow. is going to hit us with a suit. Oh, Elliot, I'm sound kosher to me. Yeah, I'm sorry to have it, Elliot. Okay. All right, thanks. Yeah, take care. All right, Jeremy, we got some great questions. We got more coming up, but we're out of time. We're going to have to have you on again soon and do this again, okay? Yeah, John, it was a good time. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Yeah, and I think that we've struck a, a nerve. That's <laughs> probably a poor choice of words. Uh, but I think that there are a lot of people that are dealing with this sort of stuff. So, Jeremy Geller, remind people again where they can go to get more information from you on what you do. My website is traplaw.com, T-R-A-P-P-Law.com. You can email me at jeremy at traplaw.com. My direct phone number, 312-269-1329. Call me anytime. 312-269-1329, right? You got it. All right, Jeremy, have a good one, okay? John, be well, thanks.